0: coming from the other side of darkness this is holiday
1: and you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle the whole reffin show
0: (laughs) and now the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle the whole reffin show
1: of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It's the Whole Reffin' Show. Thank you for joining us, dear listeners. My name is Darren Beasley.
0: And these are the, the docile tones of Perry Smith you're hearing. The, do- the docile tones? I'm very docile, baby.
1: You are you are a docile. You're a gentle giant, aren't you?
0: Oh, God. Ugh.
1: I'm a jolly green giant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are, are you uh, are you playing at the Gasworks with the shitty Beatles?
1: <laughs> oh man, the shitty Beatles. Are they any good?
0: They suck.
1: Oh, so it's not just a clever name.
0: Very nice, very nice. Hope you hope you hashtag your listeners appreciate the Wayne's World reference we just made.
1: Hashtag Wayne's World. Uh, hashtag meatloaf, by the way. Hashtag very
0: meatloaf excited. cameo, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh,
1: managed to get our meatloaf reference in for the episode. All right, we're done. <laughs> 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 Only we can manage to mention share oh. in the next uh, hour or so. Well, you kind of just uh, did, but
0: go yeah. ahead. <laughs>
1: but not really, not really. How are you doing, Barry? You doing all right?
0: I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
1: I'm excellent. I'm very excited to be sitting across from the Skype machine with you. To bring our hashtag, Dear Listeners, episode 114. Um, we don't have a lot to, to talk about, but we have a lot of important things to talk about. A lot of uh, the rumor mill is churning with AEW out there and with uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, having come and gone for the 2019 calendar year and WrestleMania season coming up. What all does that mean for people's? Uh, signing futures, their contract futures. Where will they call home in 2019? There's already a lot of speculation, and we're going to talk about it. Um, And then we are going to do a review of NXT UK's TakeOver Blackpool. So this is technically the first takeover for the NXT UK brand. Um, They really need to be careful how they describe some things sometimes, because uh, the first ever TakeOver in, in England, except for that other one they did a couple of years ago. Oh, wait, no, that was NXT. This is NXT UK. Right. Uh, okay, so the champion of the NXT UK brand, is he the NXT UK champion? No, he's the WWE UK champion. Oh, my God. So the <laughs> women's champion? Is the WWE UK Women's Champion? No, no, no. She's the NXT UK Women's Champion. Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: Yeah, there, there are some sticklers out there who uh, will definitely remind you uh, that things are named uh, a certain way. So it's tricky.
1: That's tricky. That's, tr- that's tricky. That's true. No, it's and tricky. It is, it, tricky.
0: It, is, it is pretty tricky as well, yeah.
1: And, uh, I mean, consider us Run DMC. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before we get to Blackpool, I guess we need to talk about those
0: headlines ladies and gentlemen this is the final and last call for the third annual royal rumble contest here on the whole ref and show the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle by the way uh don't miss the train okay this is your last chance to join again anyone can sign up by sending us a gmail to sign up for the contest however out of the people Officially signed up for it, only 30 will be randomly chosen from the entries and those 30 entrants will be randomly assigned numbers, numbering 1 through 30, uh, and they will be entered in the Royal Rumble contest going on on the day of Royal Rumble, and uh, you'll be entered in both the Women's Rumble and the Men's Rumble as well. 30 of you, each given one number, 1 through 30, which will coincide with the actual entrance in the actual Royal Rumble. And a winner of the Royal Rumble, whatever number they are, whatever number they enter the Royal, the official Royal Rumble in, that is you. You are the winner of that Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, you're the winner. And so, yeah, double randomized, but also double the chances to win. Absolutely. Could you be? Could you be the number seventeen? Well, guess what? You could be number seventeen in the women's Rumble and the men's Rumble. I mean, twice the chances to win.
0: Hooray! Hooray! Hooray Hooray for Royal Rumble, folks. It's Royal Rumble fever here on The Whole Refn Show. Uh, so the deadline is Wednesday, Wednesday the 23rd, folks. Get your entry in. Send us a Gmail, Show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Send us your name, your social media handle. Send us your location. Send us a picture We're going to announce on our next episode the official 1 through 30 for both Rumbles. It makes the Rumble a whole lot more interesting if you're actually sort of in the Rumble, and and you will technically be in the Rumble. And, uh, yeah, so we will announce the names of the 30 participants on our next episode, and also assign those people numbers on the next episode. So it's obviously a don't miss.
1: Oh, it's a do not miss. I mean, first of all... The Royal Rumble is that much more fun to watch when you have uh, something at stake, and not just do you have the whole ref and show prize and the contest at stake, but it's just fun even participating. I mean, of course, if you get number one and number one gets thrown out at about the four-minute mark, yeah, you're not gonna have as much fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that does work the other way, folks, where you are twice as angry when someone gets thrown out because you have been eliminated from the Royal Rumble contest. But that's just the way it goes, folks. That's the Royal Rumble. However, twice as many chances to win this year, folks. Again, you'll be entered in both the Men and Women's Rumble. So sign up, do it, and next week you might even hear your name on your favorite wrestling podcast, which is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole reference Show.
1: And that's why it is your favorite. I mean, admit it. That's why it's your favorite. Because you don't want to listen to everybody else's bullshit. You want to hear somebody that calls it right down the middle. And this is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Uh, Darren Beasley and Perry Smith give you the goods. They give you the wrestle news and wrestle views that are straight shooting. Darn tootin'. Don't miss it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is true. Will you join the ranks of our past winners, our first annual Royal Robo Contest winner, Ryan Pate, or our second annual Royal Robo Contest winner, Tom Breen? Will you be randomly brought up at any point throughout this show <laughs> when we talk <laughs> about the Royal Robo Contest and its past
1: winners? It could be you, folks. I hope it's you. Yeah, exactly. Not only do you win a fabulous prize... But Perry and I will randomly say your name throughout the year. Throughout the years. That's right. Uh, Remember when uh, uh, Kiki McDermott
0: won that year? I do remember when Kiki McDermott won, yes. Uh, So that's it, folks. Uh, We'll stop bothering you about it. Sign up for our contest today. And uh, we'll have more on that contest, including who's involved in the contest, on our next episode. So sign up today. Send us a Gmail. But you know what? Other stuff is going on in the world of wrestling, Darren Beasley. A lot of stuff, some of it true, some of it false, and no one knows exactly what (laughs) to believe. Uh, A lot of of rumors, especially with uh, Royal Rumble coming up, as you said, Rumble coming up, uh, WrestleMania coming up, AEW is now a factor, people wanting into WWE, people wanting out of WWE. It's getting crazy. Now, there were a lot of reports that Maria Kanellis and Mike Kanellis uh, a.k.a. the Bennetts, uh, were wanting out of their WWE contracts. However, since that rumor started or since that news hit the interwebs, uh, Maria Canellis has come out and said that that is untrue, completely untrue, even saying to the point that there is someone feeding false information, uh, purposefully feeding false information to the wrestling news outlets.
1: And and that is nothing new to the wrestling business. That's nothing uh, that comes as a surprise. Uh, It is interesting to me how much uh, fervor Maria has in uh, defending her and Mike, uh, who, you know, they're not like they're under attack. So she seems very strongly opinionated on this matter. And maybe it's just to kind of get ahead of it, to think that if WWE gets this news, they'll just fire them. And, you know, because, like, well, maybe they haven't asked for them, but if there's this much news about it, maybe they're planning to, well, let's just get rid of them, we're not doing anything with them anyway.
0: Right, right. No, I think it's Maria, I mean, it seems more like, well, one, if if it is untrue, then she wants to nip that in the bud, Right. But also, sure. also you have to remember, WWE did kind of take care of them when she was on maternity leave. I mean, legally, they're supposed to, but, you know, it, it's it's the world of wrestling, so anyone can just go. It's and, and and you're fired because you can't wrestle for the next few months. Um, so, no, and I, I think Maria is just like, no, 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 very happy where I am. Obviously, you know, things happen the way they did. We showed up, and I became pregnant, and that's not WWE's fault. So I've been, you know, here and there and missing and... Uh, missing TV time and now I'm kind of back and so it, it's yeah it's a weird situation. Obviously, that's a situation that only women are gonna have. Where you know, hey, I'm here, whoa, uh, I'm pregnant, so I gotta go for a while. And uh, hey, I'm back again. So I mean, um, that's interesting. Um, so no, I, I think it's just Maria going like, no, no, it's not true. I like gainful employment now. Um, so there's there's likely a miscommunication there or just it's just false completely. That uh, the Kanellises want to leave WWE. However, the Revival... The Revival have been talking about leaving. And apparently that is more so true.
1: Sure. Uh, I, I think even with the Canelluses, the Bennets, whatever you want to call them, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, there's a whole, whole, whole lot of smoke around the Revival. And that's why it seems that uh, that fire may, in fact, be, be a true story. And that one makes even more sense to me because while Maria uh, was off TV because of her pregnancy and Mike Bennett kind of got tossed around because they didn't know what to do with them because they had one gimmick prepared for them and it was to be the kept husband of his wife who then was off television for a year. But with the revival, uh, you know, these guys, I think they were promised a lot or maybe they think they were promised a lot. Or maybe they're the kind of guys who think they deserve a lot. And they're not getting it. Uh, regardless of whatever was uh, told to them. Other than, hey, you're going to the main roster. They haven't gotten much. That much is true. Regardless of what was promised. And so there seems to be a lot of speculation that they're going to leave WWE. They have definitely asked for their uh, release. Uh, that you know, That's the word. And it's because they want to go somewhere where they are recognized for their wrestling. Because that's what they are. I mean, I think that Scott Dawson is pretty good on the mic. But really, these guys need to be under contract as wrestlers. Don't put them in front of the mic. Don't put them in a silly gimmick. Don't put them in a bunch of costumes. Uh, Don't put them in a feud with the New Day. Unless it's to show the New Day how to wrestle. You know, because... Once upon a time, you could have two different gimmicks on display at once. It seems like WWE now wants to bland out anybody who's up against a, a stiff gimmick to really put that stiff gimmick over. But anyway, that's I'm, I'm getting a little off topic there. But the Revival needs to go somewhere. I think they will go somewhere. and I And I think that's good. I'd love to see them in AEW. I really would.
0: Sure. I mean, at this point, it'd be kind of cool to see any of the younger, I don't know how young they are, uh, talent go to AEW, especially WWE talent that's been uh, mistreated, I will say. Now, it is is—it is a different situation with the Revival, though, because they came in from NXT pretty hot and heavy. However, uh, you know, I forget who got injured first, but Dash was injured for a while, and then right at the tail end of his recovery, uh, Dawson got injured and he was, so the Revival, like, just in the very beginning was kind of like, ah, not quite running all, all cylinders right now. Believe us, we're very good. We're very, very good. Um, I mean, having <laughs> having some of my favorite, I mean, like, some of my favorite tag team matches, DIY and the Revival, um, An NXT. Not, not about that. So yeah, obviously, seeing any anyone you you like coming to WWE and just not used at all, let alone poorly, it, It's got to always be a be a, a tearful experience for you, the wrestling fan. So I mean, um, it, it, and WWE is obviously very overcrowded right now. AEW doesn't seem to be too crowded, uh, <laughs> so they might be the only tag team besides like I mean besides like maybe so called uncensored. But
1: well, so, and the young bucks. Well, the
0: Right, 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 right. They are heavyweight uh, tag team uh, material nowadays. I forget they, they gain some weight. Um. So, yeah, obviously, I, I want people that I like a lot to do well somewhere, you know, anywhere, wherever. Uh, WWE, obviously, it's hard to showcase everyone's talent. And you you do have to understand that not everyone can be champion. That's just the way it is. There's plenty of people who, quote, were never champion that I I love, you know, from years back. But, anywho, that's just the way it is. So, we'll we'll see what's going on here. I'm sure they're not the only ones who heard of this AEW thing and went, hey, that might be a lot more fun than what I'm doing right now. But then again, AEW, there's no telling how long it'll last. It could last for a couple of years. It could last for 20 years. Uh, Who knows? I mean, even WCW didn't last as long as everyone remembers it lasting. (laughs) <laughs> so when you well, when that's you
1: true. But look at it. The yeah. 1990s seemed like they lasted 20 or 25 years. That's true. I so got,
0: got a lot of mileage out of uh, WCW. That's for sure. But I mean, it, it is weird to think that TNA slash Impact Wrestling has existed longer than WCW wrestling existed. So,
1: sure, almost twice as long. Exactly. Just, so that's really bizarre. You know, um, it's the it's the reality of it's it's the middle of January. And everything is about to change. Uh, We know that New Japan just looks very, very different after Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. We know that the Royal Rumble promises at least one surprise, right? I mean, at least one big surprise, whether it's in the Rumble match or not. And then you've got the road to WrestleMania, which starts in earnest that day, the day of the Rumble, and certainly the day after the Rumble. Not to mention AEW and Impacts Growth and ROH is definitely going to try to combat AEW even if they're working together. So like we've said, the destinations for all these people are more numerous than ever. They're probably more lucrative than ever because now there's another place to get, not just to get by, but to really do well and excel. And if they really deliver on the, these AEW contracts the way they're talking about, then that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's bitchin'. That's a big, bold move of AEW to outright say they're going to match or beat what WWE is paying from the very beginning. But I think two of the more interesting, and these both seem like no-brainers, but at the same time they're interesting – Uh, Rumors about AEW is Goldust. Now, we know that Dustin Rhodes' brother, Cody Rhodes, is one of the executive vice presidents of AEW. We know that Goldust doesn't have a lot of... uh, I don't think he has a lot of big, bright days ahead of him in the WWE as Goldust. And uh, he's been gone for a considerable amount of time filming a movie or movies. And now, he and Cody both are... Uh, sort of teasing the idea that uh, Goldust, or Dustin Rhodes, is going to join his younger brother in AEW. And that's interesting to me. And then the the latest rumor I saw floating around is that Eric Bischoff may be coming in to provide some sort of on-screen, or maybe even off-screen, leadership role. And all I'm saying is, if they want to give him an off-screen leadership role, That's great. The man knows what he's doing. i believed that for 23, 24 years, and I believe it now. What I don't want is AEW to immediately start down the path of the bad boss. Right. I mean, can can you please spare us that AEW? Don't hire Eric Bischoff to just be an on-air character, to be a thorn in Cody's side, or a thorn in uh, whomever's side, you know, I, we don't need that anymore. We really really don't need that. AEW needs to separate itself with that. That should be among the first things they do differently is just get away from the bad boss. We're sick of it, right?
0: <laughs> Fair enough. It's just funny because again, there's there's so many parallels to draw between AEW and WCW. Now you're bringing you're bringing Bischoff in. <laughs> And, you know, guaranteed contracts and more money guaranteed than WWE. It's just like, what are you doing? If if I were funding this thing, I'd be like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Just because I've seen where this goes. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, just from a business point of view, you don't guarantee people money if you don't know what they're going to actually do for your company. Especially uh, Jericho. But um, <laughs> it's it is what it is. I don't know. I'm not in charge of anything. What do I know? I'm just a wrestling podcaster, Darren, I'm a docile one at that. Um, so Wait a
1: you're not in charge of anything. You mean you're not an executive with all elite wrestling?
0: Well, I am an executive for the whole Ref and Show, the only wrestling podcast that uh, calls right down the middle. So I, I do have some pull here in my bedroom where I record from. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, again, it's just more speculation, more rumors. Some of it's true, some of it isn't. That's the way it's been since dirt sheets back in the day. And uh, we do our best to see through those lies uh, and and see the truths for what they are and talk about them here on our show. Um, so territories, it, it, it's sort of becoming like a territory system all over again with AEW kind of coming out of nowhere, It's just adding to it. It seems like a whole nother place to go work, so that's very cool. But uh, now we're going to shift our focus and talk about the territories within territories. Uh, They can call it whatever they want. They can call it uh, NXT UK, but it still means WWE. Uh, So Darren and I, we watched the latest from Blackpool, TakeOver. Uh, It was a lot of fun, and now we're going to talk about it.
1: Hashtag dear listeners, we are the Coda. And you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the Rapid Show. On Saturday, the 12th of January, 2019, from the Empress Ballroom, beautiful location in Blackpool, England, NXT UK, the newest brand under the WWE umbrella then, now, and forever, brought you their first ever brand, TakeOver Blackpool. And uh, there were a lot of matches filmed on this night, and I know that uh, a lot of quote-unquote dark matches ended up being part of uh, future NXT UK broadcasts. But for the sake of this quote-unquote pay-per-view or network special, the show as it was delivered... The show entitled TakeOver Blackpool was a short and sweet five matches. And out of those five matches, we saw three very important title matches. We saw the uh, tournament finals for the inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Championships. We saw the NXT UK Women's Championship defended by champion Rhea Ripley. and. Uh, the longest reigning champion in the modern era, and they're not afraid to remind you of that, Pete Dunne, the WWE United Kingdom champion, did defend his title in the main event. It was a a pretty uh, tight card with, uh, I mean, wrestle, 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 wrestle. That seems to be uh, what the NXT UK brand is all about, and I'm okay with that because... What that means is matches that are longer than 30 seconds uh, no, no real uh, forced awkward uh, scripted backstage segments right and they're not not cramming a bunch of weird Monday night raw stuff down our throat I will say that at several different points in the night while the camera work reeks of WWE production the show itself does not and that's a little and that's kind of refreshing
0: we don't really talk about uh, NXT UK's weekly show as often as we should uh, on the show. Um, it is very good. <laughs> it's solid. I mean, it's. I mean, it, it's. It's a good thing that the NXT names attached to it because it just does seem like more NXT television. Just the style of wrestling is very different from what you'd see on Raw or SmackDown. Um, the, the talents typically younger. Uh, the matches are typically longer. Um, so it is. It's great. It's. It's just more. It, it's that. It's that second hour of NXT that you wish you had. Basically, just <laughs> it's it's just across the across the world is all. Um, no, I,
1: I can totally dig that. I, I would say that one big difference is that the wrestling ability overall, not not person to person, but overall, is a little bit higher, a little more uh, developed, a little uh, skill level might be a little higher on NXT UK because. As of yet, or, or, or up till now, I should say, NXT UK is filled with veterans, or at least, you know, semi-seasoned uh, professionals, whereas a lot a lot of the time on regular NXT, you have 10, 15-year vets who are wrestling people who have literally been wrestling for, like, five months.
0: No, there's a lot of, like, performance center up-and-comers like, hey, this guy used to play football, and now he's going to be a wrestler. Hey, this You're guy be used there. to... This guy used to be tall. He still is, so now he's gonna be a wrestler. <laughs> um, so
1: that's fine too, but it's not. But it's noticeably different, I think, with NXT UK.
0: Right, right, no, no, I, I totally get that. I mean, because because there is no. Uh, I mean, it, it, these people are good enough to wrestle on like Raw or SmackDown. You know, yesterday. But uh, they haven't they haven't gone through the machine, so we put them on this show. But it, it works, though. I mean, you have you have the vets and you have the, the the new kids, and even if someone like Tyler Bate, who I think has to be the youngest person employed by them, I mean that guy is like one of the best wrestlers they have. So age is only a number, Darren. Only a number. But these people definitely have the ability. That's what counts. So let's get right into it with our opening match, which is uh, for the NXT UK. Tag Team Championship Belts.
1: That's right. It is a tournament final for the inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Belts. And speaking of Tyler Bate, he and his tag team partner Trent Seven, collectively known as Mustache Mountain, and then if you add Pete Dunne in there, the trio is known as British Strong Style. But on this night, Pete Dunn is uh, previously engaged. And so Mustache Mountain must go at it on their own, and they're seeking gold.
0: <laughs> on their own <laughs> together.
1: But on their own <laughs> together, right? Right. A couple of individuals <laughs> <laughs> taking on Zach Gibson, the winner of the second annual WWE NXT uk championship tournament and uh you know that i know that's a lot of letters and a lot of caveats but it was a cool tournament it was a very very good tournament and zach gibson came out on top and now with james drake at his side they are a couple of angry angry englishmen who are desperate uh for gold zach gibson is like blackpool hell no Liverpool. I'm Liverpool's number one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Gibson and Drake uh, are clearly the heels here. Mustache Mountain could not be more over in front of this Blackpool crowd. They are wearing uh, outfits that are an homage to the British Bulldogs. Um, it's a great look. And <laughs> they're really kind of silly. Um, they're far sillier than. When they're together, uh, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, than when they are not together.
0: Right. Well, I'm sure all of our hashtagged listeners would agree that it's hard to take anyone with a curly mustache seriously. Um
1: oh, go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> zing. Uh, yeah, man. So it's it's I, I I don't think it really matters where Mustache Mountain is. They're typically pretty charismatic and pretty much over. Uh, anywhere, But I, I, Zach Gibson, I recall, being hated throughout the UK tournament that went down. Um, his winning, I don't think. I think it ruffled a lot of feathers uh, over over across the pond, as they say. And he certainly is not being cheered on on this night. Someone has a very specific sign. He calls himself, I think he calls himself Liverpool's number one or something like that, or England's number right. one.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Someone has a poster board, and it's a, a toilet, and it's got his head floating in it. And it wait, says,
1: wait, wait, "Can I guess? Can I guess what it says?" It says <laughs> sure, it, sure. Does it say Liverpool's number
0: two? Yes, it does. Well done, Darren. <laughs> well done. So I thought that was a lot of effort uh, for that insult. So I, I, do applaud. I do applaud that guy who made that sign. Um, yeah, and and Gibson and Drake. <laughs> I watched this match, and I immediately thought, uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake uh, prove. To everyone that just because you make two guys dress alike doesn't make them a tag team. Because these guys are not really firing like a tag team until about the halfway point. Then it gets a lot better, but the first half is like, and they just wear similar trunks. And they're just, just two guys.
1: I think that's a good call, man. I, I really think that I couldn't have said it better. That That is very true. Very, very true about Gibson and Drake. Um, the, the wrestling is fine, but they just don't look or feel like a tag team.
0: Especially, especially against, yeah, especially against Mustache Mountain, which is a very well-oiled tag team machine, yeah.
1: That being said, though, uh, it was a move by Gibson and Drake that shook me more than anything else in this match. At one point, uh, James Drake goes uh, and does a suicide dive, a suicide dive that kind of turned into a doomsday device. Uh, because Tyler Bate was up on the shoulders of Zach Gibson on the outside, and when Tyler Bate hit the ground, I was like, "Damn!"
0: Oh, a suicide device, of course. Yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, to me, that was the highlight of the match. Um, even though it was Gibson and Drake offense, which I could care less about. <laughs> it, to be, you know, to be perfectly fair, it was the highlight of the match. Wrestling wow.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely credit where credit's due. I'm not saying these guys aren't capable wrestlers, I just said. As far as being a tag team, it, it left a bit to be desired. Um, it, it's it's always confusing to me, though, to have uh, someone named Drake in a match when your referee is named Drake. Uh, the Drake, if you will, who I've seen uh, uh, officiate many nxt house shows um and people
1: literally hundreds of times and
0: people cheering for uh the drake even though apparently nxt hates when that happens um but so yeah so they kept saying drake on commentary and i kept thinking like the drake the drake the referee um so no 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 and and james drake from afar looks kind of like a really in shape seth green uh with long hair uh (laughs) (laughs) that's that that too uh, so, yeah, uh, the match was a very, certainly was a very long match, but uh, still very interesting. Uh, J- James Drake connects with some elbow or something he does, but it busts open Trent Seven. Uh, Trent Seven bleeding from the back of the head for half the match. I noticed the, the gloves came on. Drake put the gloves on, and I was like, oh, someone's bleeding, but I, I couldn't tell who it was. And next uh, thing James, you know.
1: James Drake didn't
0: put the gloves on. No no no, James, no, 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 no. The, Drake they, the referee, the Drake, put the gloves on, and that typically signifies that someone's bleeding, and I couldn't tell who. That all of a sudden, Trent Seven has red hair. I was like, oh man, it was definitely one of the uh, like spinning elbows, or something like that, that caught him from uh, James Drake. So,
1: well, you know, Gibson and Drake actually do end up winning the match and capturing the tag team titles with a combination of their finishers, which is called Ticket to Mayhem. Um, I will say that one of the things that I did like about Zach Gibson uh, a year ago was learning that he really embraced his Liverpudlian heritage and a lot of his moves and a lot of his shtick and his gimmick was somewhat Beatles-related. And so he had a finisher called Ticket to Ride, which on this night was adapted to be called Ticket to Mayhem. Right. And it's like a face-down... Like, Drake's going to do, like, a face-down pancake or pile driver, like an inverted pile driver, which would kill a person. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes, like, it, it turns into a combination move where Zach Gibson hits them with a code breaker. Right, right, right.
0: Because um, everyone's got a code breaker, Darren.
1: Everybody's got a code breaker. I know you're thrilled. And um, that's it. That That's all it takes for the one, two, three, and, and Gibson and Drake are the inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Champions.
0: Good for them. They need something to do. Uh, And you're talking about Mustache Mountain, who was just, you know, not too long ago, they were the NXT Tag Team Champions uh, when they got the whole NXT UK brand uh, going. Um, So I thought for sure they might actually get these titles just because, like, hey, everyone loves Mustache Mountain. But good for Gibson and Drake. They they needed the titles uh, because, Lord knows, Zach Gibson won that tournament. And it was just... Uh, you failed against Pete Dunne, so back of the line, kid. Um, So I feel bad for that. But yeah, Zach Gibson, I appreciate the the Beatles references as well. Helter Skelter, I believe another one of his moves is called Ticket to Ride. And of course, that that Tornado DAT called Everyone's Got Something to Hide Except for Me and My Monkey. Uh, It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Though it should be.
1: No, no, that, that, that's way too long of a name.
0: You're, you're thinking of Zack Sabre. I was about Jr. to say, wait a minute, he's got uh, a way long Zach name.
1: Not Gibson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, I think the only reason Mustache Mountain doesn't get these belts is because they don't want to look way down the line and realize the first WWE UK champion was Tyler Bate and the first UK tag team champions were Tyler Bate.
0: That's a good Breath point. 7. That's a good point, right.
1: But uh, anyway, moving on, uh, we are set to see the Kiwi buzzsaw, Travis Banks, take on Jordan Devlin. And boy, I think they doth protest too much about Travis Banks. I almost was like... There's no way he's wrestling this match because it was like, "Welcome to the Travis Banks Show." It's NXT Travis Banks Takeover Travis Banks here at the Travis Banks Ballroom, <laughs> and uh, of course, then we see that Jordan Devlin, the uh, the Irishman, the student of Finn Balor, and now calling himself the Ace. Like, uh, okay, how many aces can we have in pro wrestling? Because uh, Tanahashi, he's pretty much got that ground covered. And if you want to go back any further, uh, the ace cowboy, Bob Orton, has got it. So, cool your jets Sir Jordan Devlin. But anyway, we see earlier in the day, uh, Travis Banks, the Kiwi buzzsaw, supposedly arriving at the Empress Ballroom where he is attacked by Jordan Devlin. And, uh, you know, so that already is setting the stage of, uh, this isn't going to go as it's supposed to. Then we cut to back to the live to the arena at the Empress Ballroom here uh, in Blackpool. And we see uh, Travis Banks attack Jordan Devlin. Banks actually makes his way to the ring first. And then when Devlin is coming out, before the bell, Banks goes after him. Because Banks is a mean madman. And he's got to get his revenge <laughs> on Jordan Devlin. Uh, but <laughs> unfortunately for the Kiwi Buzzsaw... All it takes is a couple of moves, looks like a wrong move on his part, and then a couple of devastating moves by Devlin, and it's decided that Banks is uh, unable to compete. So Devlin gets in the ring, and he hems and haws a bit and says, no one is there to face him. Of course, there's always going to be someone to face,
0: well, yeah, I mean, not only can they pull out a mystery opponent, which they do here, but there's also a locker room full of wrestlers uh, that can come out and take the place of someone. But yes.
1: So Sid Scala comes out. Sid Scala is a British wrestler who is serving, I guess, as assistant GM or I don't really know what they're calling him because Johnny Saint, uh, British wrestling legend, is the GM of NXT UK. But I think they figured out Johnny Saint isn't much of a talker. So while he's a great figurehead, they needed to give somebody um, somebody with some mic skills uh, the, the screen time. So Sid Scala uh, comes out and says, oh no, we've got an opponent for you. It's Finn Balor. And the crowd <laughs> with their sixth sense already knew this. Because the entire time that Devlin is saying there's no one here, they're all chanting... Finn, 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 Finn. Yeah. And so, you know, Finn Balor's music hits and out comes Finn Balor.
0: Which is not, you know, that's that's cool for us. We see him all the time. But for those guys, it must have really been a surprise. Like, oh, we get to see Finn Balor wrestle again. That's awesome. So good for them. Get to see Finn Balor. You told me. I, I thought the match was fine. You told me you were not a fan of this match, though, Darren. So go ahead. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's anger all the Finn Balor marks out there.
1: I, you know, I'm a Finn Balor mark. I, this is what it comes down to, man. I can say a lot. I'm going to say this. I get that they're trying to do a trainer versus student matchup. I get that Finn Balor is a last minute replacement, but you can't even pretend, hashtag if wrestling were real, that Finn Balor is, you know, he hasn't had time to to watch tape. He hasn't had time to train. He's there. He's in Blackpool.
0: He trained him. He taught him how to make a tape.
1: And because of that, you expect me to believe Finn Balor has a chance to beat Brock Lesnar (laughs) next week? Next week? When he is getting the Matt White up with his face by his former student Jordan Devlin who is a nobody and, and that's how I feel about it that Devlin I know he's working a heel gimmick I know that he's he's just he's he's supposed to be pissed and he's supposed to be hot and angry and 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 he has everything in the world to prove not only because fuck you Travis Banks but Now i got to wrestle my teacher. Well, I'll show you, Dad. You know, even with all that going for him, he has an unrealistic advantage over Finn Balor for most of this match, and I do not like it.
0: Hey, man, he's jet-lagged, Darren. That's a long flight, okay? Long flight.
1: It's actually not that long of a flight, and wrestling is not real. And... (laughs) And uh, I don't like it. This was bad
0: booking. Hey, man, there have been many times where I've called out a match and said I've hated the way the match was booked because it made one guy look like shit throughout the entire match. <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura matches. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, we won't talk about uh, Shinsuke's first match in WWE against Dolph Ziggler, which is horribly booked. But, uh, but,
1: I'll, but I'll, I'll agree with well,
0: you on this. Right, I'll agree on you with this, yes.
1: And then... Of course they. I mean, of course Finn Balor has to win. At least they weren't that stupid. But he wins with an extremely bland, extremely choreographed, telegraphed, coup de gras combo. Like, oh, I hit you. Then I drop kick you into the turnbuckles. Then I did the coup de gras. Every single other person on this card had a better match than Finn Balor had on this night. And Finn Balor is supposedly, and I'm in the camp that makes him supposedly this, but one of the greats of the last decade. And yet, he's the poorest performer on, I mean, essentially a C-level wwe product and he's wrestling i mean seriously mustache mountain gibson and drake mastiff and dennis ripley and storm dunn and coffee every person on this card was better than finn balor on this night and finn balor is challenging the universal champion brock lesnar Garbage booking. Garbage
0: booking. (laughs) Well, hopefully uh, Brock Lesnar is not as uh, aggressive as Devlin was during this match. And uh, Balor might have a chance to overcome and take that Universal title back, which is rightfully his. He was the first ever Universal Champion. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that on next week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. But this match, Darren, not very happy with. You know, I thought thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, I thought, I I thought it was well booked. I
1: thought I really it was well booked. I don't books. know how you thought it was fine. I'm was... kidding.
0: You're right. You're right. You're right. Darren, you're yeah. right. Sometimes you just got to hold Darren tight and you got to repeat. You got to whisper into his ear. You're right. You're right. you're right. you're right. You're right. You're right, Darren. It's okay, buddy. Hey, it's all right. That was borderline ASMR, Darren. <laughs> I'll do some for the fans real quick. Oh, that's right. Slingblade. Now I'm slingblading you. Now it's the coup de grace. And now I'm pinning you. You can hear the referee. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know how that is, how that goes, or how that's appealing. I don't know what that is.
1: Um, I think you do. Oh. At this point, I think you do.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you think I have a future in doing ASMR recordings and profiting, uh, <laughs> profiting from it, please let us know, the whole ref and show, at gmail.com.
1: By the way, is ASMR intrinsically dirty because it's initials?
0: Uh, sure. Possibly.
1: Like, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I think it can actually be very relaxing if you were to listen Uh-oh. to someone.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Darren, Darren.
1: Hey, if you listen to someone tell, like, uh, a story... Or like a lullaby, of course. I mean, it's just like somebody doing it in real life, right? I
0: just told the story of the end of every Finn Balor match, and I don't think anyone found it pleasant in the least.
1: But I will say, any Finn Balor match as boring as this one was would certainly put me to sleep.
0: So, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Not even shots fired. Grenades thrown. Grenades thrown. Uh, it takes us into a match that maybe you liked a bit better, Darren. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: I did like this match, Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis. Now, where did Eddie Dennis come from? Like, I will say, I will say, I don't like his name. I don't like his name. It does nothing for me. Mastiff. But, uh, what? Mastiff. No, Eddie Dennis.
0: You don't like Eddie or Dennis? Is it because he has? Is it because he has two first names? Is that? Is that annoy you?
1: It's because he has two boring first names,
0: <laughs> Teddy William.
1: Like Eddie Dennis. Like I don't know. I guess. I guess I'm thinking of like Eddie Haskell and Dennis the Menace combined. So I'm just thinking that he's like a 1950s American brat.
0: Well, you're not wrong. Which he's not. Let's say so you're not wrong about that.
1: <laughs> uh, I am wrong about that. This guy is anything but that. Actually. What was really funny was, I-, I like Eddie Dennis, I just don't like his name. His gear very reminiscent of what uh, Will Ospreay wore at Wrestle Kingdom 13. Kind of uh, like an emerald green, a little bit of Eastern influence. Um, and there was something about Eddie Dennis, I, I couldn't help it. It had like this, like this Indian or Pakistani feel to him. And then, so I'm looking at a tall, skinny Brit... With dark hair, who has an Indian-Pakistani vibe, and I'm like, is is this Sasha Baron Cohen's newest character? <laughs> I'm right. like, is Eddie Dennis like Sasha Baron Cohen like his Andy Kaufman foray into pro wrestling is as Eddie Dennis because um, he doesn't have a wrestler physique, which of course Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't either. So I'm like. I don't know, even after the match I'm still like I don't know, like 25% of me thinks Eddie Dennis might be Sasha Baron Cohen but um, as far as Dave Mastiff we're familiar with Dave Mastiff, we've seen him uh, before and I guess Mastiff and Dennis have been feuding and uh, have a lot of heat that would necessitate them having a no disqualification match here at Takeover And uh, Bomber Dave Mastiff, which I, is the first time I've heard him referred to as Bomber Dave, and I like that. Like, I really like Bomber Dave Mastiff to go along with his sort of um, Otis Dozovic-shaped body and his uh, Big Van Vader-inspired ring gear. Uh, and he yes, looks
0: like yes. he looks like a he looks like a creative player on a wrestling video game, but like you've really messed up the proportions. <laughs> 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 yeah, like you hit randomize.
1: Oh, Dave Bomber Dave, I hope you're listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it works. Right. Obviously, obviously, something like that really works in the world of wrestling. But you, you know oh what I'm trying to say.
1: God. Oh my god, <laughs> that's the quote of the year. Where you've really messed up the proportions. Where you've really messed up the proportions. You've messed them up. This is what this man really looks like, Gary.
0: This is this man's life.
1: Oh, my God. It is. All day, every day, this is that man's life. Um, Well, you know what? If if this is this man's life, he could not have found a better professional home (laughs) than in professional wrestling. I'm glad he's there because I like the guy. In the ring, Dave Mastiff uh, is a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, I guess no disqualification match in this particular instance meant a kendo stick match, because that's really all we saw. And I'm a little bit tired of that. I am of the opinion that if it is a no disqualification match, it has to be a Falls Count Anywhere match. Sure. Because, why wouldn't it be? Because... That it just doesn't make sense that it would not be. So, if it's going to be no DQ, then we need to collectively accept that it's also false count anywhere. And then, if it's false count anywhere, it needs to go all over the place. And I don't know why they're so afraid to do that these days. I mean, that was the thing for like 10 years. It was let's go backstage, let's go out of the building. Let's go up into the stands. Let's, you know, I I think that would have made Mastiff and Dennis's match here at TakeOver Blackpool a lot better because it's not a bad match. And, like, to have never seen Eddie Dennis before, like, I'm into him. After watching one match, and it wasn't even great. The potential to be great could have really put Mastiff and Dennis, like, Not just over with me, but like way over because it was good, but it could have been so much more. I'll say this um, there is a lot of wicked kendo stick action, um, or as Nigel happily says, Singapore cane, which most people don't say Singapore cane anymore, so that was kind of (laughs) cool, right? Any dentist to not really have much of a physique is remarkably strong on more than one occasion. He seems to deadlift Dave Mastiff, uh, and that cannot be an easy thing to achieve. What are your thoughts overall on the match and on the fact that it's a no-DQ match? Like, How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I mean, anytime it's a no-DQ, uh, you should really push that, I feel, because I feel like even when it's no disqualifications, it's still a pretty tame match. They might grab a chair eventually. You know, like, no, no, before the bell rings, destroy your opponent and then tell them to ring the bell, and then just pin your opponent. You know, obviously, like, that kind of stuff. Like, no DQ, oh, stab the person with a knife then. You know what I mean? Not really, but you kind of could in a no DQ match.
1: It is no DQ.
0: Right, right. So, as far as a match with no disqualifications, obviously, the boundaries could be pushed. Yes, the match is fine for what it is. It's It's not cool to say, but it's the match that I cared the least about on the card, though, so...
1: Uh, going into the show, it was definitely the match that I cared the least about. It, it actually proved to be very good. And meanwhile, that Thin Balor uh, Jordan Devlin mess—that's if anything made me feel like no DQ. That one made me made me feel like no Dairy Queen.
0: No Dairy uh, Queen. Yes. Yes.
1: I want to get a blue. I want to get a. I want to get a Oreo cookie Blizzard or. An Orange Julius, maybe. That would be good.
0: Or Orange but Julius I mean, Blizzard?
1: Orange Julius Blizzard. Okay. Oh, man, that's what I'm going to do right now. Uh, no, well, who, not right now. Well, you're going
0: to finish talking about good. this first, yes, but okay.
1: <laughs> but afterward, afterward. Uh, Mastiff wins the match with a uh, cannonball through Eddie Dennis, through a table in the corner. For the win.
0: No, and, no, no you know, not the move, folks. He went and got a cannon, and he shot him with a cannonball because there are no disqualifications in this match.
1: Well, he should have, but unfortunately he did not. But uh, Dave Mastiff, Bomber Dave, with the big win here, and uh, I look forward to seeing more from Eddie Dennis. Uh, I, I want to know more about this guy, and, and perhaps let's entertain a name change.
0: Rock me, uh, Eddie think. Dennis. Rock, rock, Rock me, Eddie Dennis.
1: Right, and we're done. See, it's the little differences. If you just, just <laughs> little change flourishes, change your music to be Falco's "Rock Me Amadeus," but make it "Rock Me Eddie Dennis," <laughs> and I'm <not> born.
0: <laughs> right. See,
1: Perry, maybe you need to be his manager.
0: See, if they just listen to me, uh, these companies would shut down much sooner.
1: So there are two matches left here at Takeover Blackpool: the women's championship and the men's championship. And Rhea Ripley, your NXT UK Women's Champion, defended her belt on this night in Blackpool against Tony Storm in the penultimate match of the evening. Now, I know you are a big fan of both of these ladies. How did you watch this match and stay true to yourself?
0: I was a regular Natalie Imbruglia, uh, Darren. I was torn. Uh, because these are like two of my favorite uh, ladies, uh, going at it here for the, uh, the UK championship belt here. Huge fan of Maria Ripley. Uh, obviously we talked about it before uh, during the May Young classics. I her the first Mae Young that she was in, I was a huge fan of hers, but to me, I, I've talked about this before on the show. I don't like her evolution into this new, like metal rocker gimmick. I mean, she's doing great cause she's a great heel. But I just loved the look the first time around so much. Where she had the long hair. She had the red and black gear. And I was like, man, like, that, to me, she got the look perfect right out of the gate. So when they were like, oh, but we'll make you change it. I was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Oh, okay.
1: No, I, I, I feel what you're saying completely. But I also kind of feel like that look, her original look was a, was a non-look. And that's why it changed so quickly. But
0: it was good. I liked it so much. She looked like a Mortal Kombat character already before they well, did here, anything with her.
1: There was, I no, I get it. I get it. There was nothing to dislike about it. But it wasn't really anything. And sometimes that's okay. But like, it's like every single day is like the first day right now. Still. With like women's wrestling on the W, you know, at, at the level of WWE, and so I think that they're they're really just trying to differentiate anyone and everyone as much as they can. And while that might not be totally necessary, I think Rhea Ripley is a good example because even though you may not like her current look as much as her original look, there's no denying that her current look stands out. No one. On any WWE brand, looks like her. Sure, that that, that much is true.
0: No, no, I I'm, I agree with that completely. But uh, I still stand by. I liked it better the first time around. They they, they could have just given her a, a torn up jacket with chains on it and gotten the same point across. But you know, whatever. They they, they went they went full tilt boogie with it. But she's fighting Tony Storm. Uh, Rhea Ripley is the champion at the time. Tony Storm coming in. She's just won the Mae Young Classic, the second annual Mae Young Classic, um, and she's great. And she was in my top ten wrestlers. So you know, I'm gonna have to pull for Tony Storm in this situation. Also because she doesn't have the belt. You know, Rhea Ripley's had the belt for. She's defended it enough. She could drop the belt. Uh, I don't know what it means to Tony Storm to have the belt, but it, I guess it's better to have than not to have the championship titles. Uh, so yeah, I actually at this point, even though I love them both, I'm going for Tony Storm during the match.
1: Well, I was pulling for Tony Storm um, because we we kind of felt like, oh, uh, you know, I, I I'm not as big a fan of her as you are, but we both really wanted her to win. I think the first uh, May Young Classic, right? And when that didn't happen, and then we saw her kind of get manhandled by Rhea Ripley. Uh, and then, of course, uh, peeking into her personal life just a little bit, I know that she has been reeling from a, a hack on her cell phone that made her a victim uh, of an invasion of privacy a while back. And so, you know, some of, I guess a combination of what's happened to her on screen and off um, and the fact that I'm a fan to begin with had me pulling for Tony Storm here just so that she could have a personal and professional victory, uh, a kayfabe and a non-kayfabe victory, and she'll get it. Tony Storm actually does win the match. She captures the belt, taking it away from Rhea Ripley. She looks good in this match, doing it.
0: They both um, look. They both look really, really good. It is a very the, solid match. It was probably like one of the matches I was most looking forward to for sure actually hitting Rhea Ripley with a couple of those Storm Zeros, uh, which you can say that's what they are, but that's not what the move was originally, and I, I noticed that right away. Uh, her Storm Zero has become a Pearl River plunge. Is that accurate, Darren?
1: Yeah, for more or less. Yeah, okay. Uh, we also see the Tony Storm hit a couple of uh, German suplexes in a row. Looks like she was going to go for the three amigos, but Ripley was able to get out. And then maybe two minutes later, uh, Tony Storm is able to drop Ripley on the back of her head with a third German suplex into a bridge. Beautiful
0: bridge, beautiful bridge. Somehow, it keeps, beautiful her bridge. somehow it keeps her balance. Somehow I keeps her balance. Tony Storm has always been good at the bridge German suplex, but somehow like lugging Rhea Ripley over her head. Rhea Ripley is not a small person. That's a big girl. It's a big, muscly woman, and uh, Tony Storm gets her over. Not only that. Keeps her balance to keep the bridge strong. I, I was super impressed by that.
1: Oh, me too. Um, one of the most impressive things of the match, though, actually came from Rhea Ripley's offense when she had Tony Storm locked in an inverted Texas Cloverleaf. Yes, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. I don't think. I, if I did, it didn't quite look like that. Right. I, I was looking at it thinking. How rare is it to see something for the first time in wrestling anymore?
0: Well, it's it's interesting you mention that because she tries to put it on earlier, which looks really weird because that's typically a, a leg submission. So she was trying to set that up in the beginning, and Tony Storm like kicked her into the the turnbuckle, and I was like, well, what was she even trying to do? She looked stupid. But then she did it then, and it was like, oh, that's what she was trying to do the first time. That makes sense now. So there's that. But also, yeah, she's got Tony Storm dangling into a handstand, basically. Because Tony Storm has to hold herself up with her hands. And Tony Storm's hair flops down because she's upside down. And she has all this like brunette, like dark hair coming out. So all of a sudden she's got like brunette hair. And I was like, what's going on? (laughs) But apparently that's the way her hairstyle is where the outside's all blonde. But like... Like underneath it all, there's still a large section that's dark or whatever.
1: Is it called? Is it called ombre? I or
0: maybe. I, I have no idea. And a lot of people are screaming at their uh, at their, <laughs> their podcast listening device right now.
1: It's called this, Jaren! It's called this. I don't think it's ombre. I think ombre is more like striped, or maybe like uh, your dark, like your roots grown way out. Uh, it's it's definitely two tone something. But I don't think it's what you're talking about. But, yeah, it did look for a second like, oh, no, Tony Storm is turning into a different person. Yeah,
0: basically, yeah. It looked like someone poured ink all over the back of her head or something like that. Because I did notice she had a new had a new hairstyle, right? I mean, it's that it, – typically it's longer and curly. It was a bit shorter and, like, straightened or whatever, so.
1: Yeah, she had ba- she had some pretty severe bangs.
0: They were, they were pretty severe. They were. I'm glad no one was hurt. Um <laughs> <laughs> The one was
1: hurt was Rhea Ripley with that headbutt. That's true. Tony Storm hit her with that headbutt, and then uh, the first Storm Zero of which she kicks out of, but the second one not so lucky, and Rhea Ripley is down for the count, the three count.
0: That's the one. So congratulations, Tony Storm. Whether it was all part of the plan or WWE felt bad because of the whole you know personal issues you got going on, either way, either way. Uh, Well-deserved, and a great wrestler, and again, in my top 10 for last year. uh, So you know I'm on board the Tony Storm Wagon, uh, NXT UK's women's champion, Tony Storm. Which takes us into the final match of the evening, the main event, some might call that, Darren. Defending his UK championship, Pete Dunne, who's been champion for the last seven years, it seems, um, no, it's been a while. You you forget that Tyler Bate was ever even champion at this point. He, Tyler Bate being the inaugural champion, Pete Dunne eventually beating him, but you forget Tyler Bate ever had the title at this point because Pete Dunne has just had it for so long.
1: Well, they keep saying six hundred days, so I mean, the days keep adding up, so it's more than six hundred at this point. But they just keep saying six hundred.
0: Well, I feel, I feel like I feel like every day it's an, it's another number. <laughs> It is. Oh, okay. But that makes sense. For some
1: reason, they don't acknowledge that. They just keep saying six hundred. But hey, whatever. <laughs> <that's> a- <laughs> six
0: hundred sounds better than six hundred
1: one, six hundred two, six hundred three. Well, you know, I don't know. Saying six hundred is just fine because that's impressive enough. Six hundred days, um, and they not. I mean, they they acknowledge that it's longer than Brock Lesnar's record-breaking run. They acknowledge that it was longer than. Oscar's run in NXT, longer than CM Punk's run, than JBL's uh, run, like, good, good for Pete Dunne, uh, that he has his name up there uh, with those people, and is getting openly acknowledged by it.
0: Right, and when they name off the list of people he's defended the title against, uh, you realize pretty quick, like, yeah, Joe Coffey had better not win this match if this guy lost, and this guy lost, and this guy lost, so yeah. Um. So it is Joe Coffey coming in for uh, the Bruiserweights championship belt, Pete Dunne's championship belt. Uh, and it's it, it's a good match. It, it is a good match. It's, uh, of all the Pete Dunne matches I've seen, it's definitely not anywhere near my favorite uh, matches, but it, it's still a pretty good match. Um, Pete Dunne, I, I do want to clarify in case I haven't said this publicly, I, I felt ashamed of myself that he was not in my top ten that I somehow left off him because I'm always excited to watch uh, Pete Dunne fight anybody.
1: Um, okay. Well, um, that's good. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry that you're so disappointed in yourself. Um, I also left him off. I'm not quite as devastated at myself, but I do like Pete Dunne. I like him quite a bit. Um, I like Joe coffee a lot. I, I've liked Joe Coffey. I guess I discovered him with the WWE audience about a year ago. Uh, when he and his brother first appeared at the last uh, NXT UK tournament. And I'm a big fan of Joe Coffey. He looks like an ass kicker. This guy looks like a street fighter. He looks like he belongs in a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, He looks like he belongs in a video game. This guy is, I mean, he really, he has the physical appearance and he has the like aura of a fighter like he embodies fighting more than i think anybody else um there's really something special about him his, his breadth you know like he's 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 wide across he's deep he's muscly I, I my dad used to describe goldberg as if you brush up against him you'd get a strawberry like they're like that's how rough around the edges. I feel like Joe <laughs> Coffee kind of fits that description. Like
0: jo- Joe Coffee kind of is the throwback to like the old barrel chested like hacksaw Jim Duggan bodies you I, commonly find in yeah, wrestling. Coffey just very pasty. Just very pasty is all. Well
1: yeah, uh, fair enough, but I, I, I feel like Joe Coffey, you know, he's got the heavily taped uh hands and wrists, uh and the white boots. It just He doesn't look like a sports entertainer. He looks like a wrestler, you know? And this match doesn't feel like sports entertainment. It feels like wrestling. This does not even feel like a WWE match. You know, Dunn working the fingers, working the ankle of Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey's brute strength, just manhandling Dunn. And then, like, Pete Dunn kind of, despite being half of Coffey's size, like, Dunn matches his strength. Like it is brute strength matched by brute strength. The only difference is that Dunn can also do shit like moon salts off the top rope to the outside, uh, and running up the ropes on the inside of the ring, and then doing like you know, like a diving elbow. You know, Pete Dunn is 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 the whole the whole shebang, man. He's got coffee strength. He's got a, a, a cruiserweight's uh, agility. His submissions look 100% real. This is a good match, man. This it, is, is a good match.
0: it is a good match. It's also a very long match. It actually goes over the half-hour mark, these two going at it. So the, the pacing, uh, there are some pacing issues throughout. Again, it's a long match, so it's not their fault. Uh, I, I got to point out the fuck-up. Uh, definitely a fuck-up toward the end where obviously the the finish has something to do with both men being on the top rope, and they're apparently supposed to something. So I'll, I won't go for because I, I want to talk about what happens first. They both go to the top rope, and Joe Coffey just loses his balance and falls off the top rope backwards. Pete Dunne falling into the ring, and you can tell it wasn't supposed to happen that way. One, they don't really. There's no replay, and there should be because the guy just fell off the top rope onto the floor. And And and
1: by the way, that fall is kind of scary. Oh,
0: absolutely. And two, uh, the exact same setup happens about five minutes later when Pete Dunne goes outside to pick him up and kind of they do like their heads together so Pete Dunne can instruct him, okay, now we got to do this to get back to where we were. And they go exactly back in that same position and uh, Joe Coffey falls again, but this time Pete Dunne falls with him and they both fall on the outside onto the the, uh, guardrail outside, which I guess... Was supposed to happen the first time, but it was a little obvious that it wasn't supposed to happen that first time.
1: Yeah, I almost since that wasn't the finish, I almost wouldn't have gone back to it. Oh it no, wasn't, it,
0: it wasn't big enough to repeat. So I'm surprised they went and did it again. But his name is Pete, so he the repeat is a, uh, there. Is you a, there we go. There we go. I, I'm not done, Darren, <laughs> but he is.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. Good for you.
0: Thank you. Michigan. I might get a cup of Joe after that. You know, coffee. Oh,
1: Jesus!
0: Both his names mean coffee. Both his names mean
1: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is his name is Mud?
0: Uh, oh. Mmm. Yeah.
1: All right, so the submission, the submission struggle in this match really makes it. You say it's another part of making it look like a real competitive fight, um, and that's what I, that's my takeaway from the Dunn Coffee match here is that it looks like a fight, it feels like a fight when they are struggling in and out of each other's like elbows and armpits, like. It feels like amateur wrestling. Their faces are just purple. They're sweating. Their eyes are bloodshot. They're breathing hard. They're spitting. Like, you know, when, when I watch Seth Rollins and Elias wrestle on Monday nights, they don't get red. They barely sweat. They don't spit. There's no amateur-style wrestling at all. And here Seth Rollins is supposed to be one of the top wrestlers in the world. And, you know you who's know
0: calling him that, don't you? He is.
1: <laughs> and I'm not calling him, yeah, really. Uh, but even with, even with that in mind, I'm not blaming Rollins for that. I'm just saying, look what a difference it makes when people are allowed to wrestle. And that's all I've been saying. That's all I've been uh, really wanting for uh, WWE for so long now is just wrestling. Sometimes it takes NXT UK, but we do get it eventually coffee will in this submission struggle uh coffee will tap to like a i guess finger breaking submission like for fear of having all of his fingers broken he just taps out
0: yeah i wasn't a fan of that either for joe coffee being this big muscly mother effer like you know it, to, to him to just go out to like a, oh don't break my finger you know to me it was kind of like oh, that's kind of dainty like, oh, that's my tea raising finger when I drink <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it should have been just you know, suplex after suplex and finally Joe Coffee can't get up you know, not, no oh, don't
1: do that oh, I, I give up, I give up So No, I understand Um, and it appears as if the show is over Joe Coffee is vanquished um <laughs> d- uh, dainty tap out or not he, um uh, Put on a hell of a match. Um, I think he had a good showing. I think that this match should go down. Like We should remember this match years from now in terms of what NXT UK provided for us. This is a match that was superior to most of anything else that WWE uh, put on in 2018 and will probably put on in 2019. And so that's awesome. Uh, and while Pete Dunn celebrates in the ring, they throw up the uh, copyright information at the end, the network information, uh, and yet they don't cut away. Uh, it's just Dunn celebrating, and then all of a sudden you hear the crowd. It's almost like the crowd popped, uh, like, preemptively, because uh, the, the crowd gets really hot, and then... You see the light of like uh, of the like the Titantrons or whatever, the entrance uh, area screens, and you hear the the chilling sounds of Antonin uh, Dvorak's Symphony Number no. Nine, Movement Four, and that of course is the entrance music for Ringkopf, which we know uh, is an organization uh, within wrestling, a faction of Walter and uh, Marcel Barthel. And uh, you and I, Perry, are much more familiar with Marcel Barthel uh, from his NXT days. We've seen him wrestle several times. Right. uh, Around Florida in house shows. But he comes originally from WXW in Germany. And they've also... um, Uh, Walter and Marcel Barthel appeared in Progress and Evolve Wrestling. So they're a known entity. And boy is Walter known in front of this Blackpool crowd. When he steps out, that crowd lost their ever-loving minds. And Walter came out looking like a million dollars. A million dollars. A really badass um, uh, like floor-length coat. Um, with huge collar and huge lapels. He's in his black wrestling trunks, knee pads, and boots. Like, he's there for a fight. And um, his wonderfully coiffed, dark hair, his, his just, uh, man, his old-world stoic jaw and chin, and uh, his barrel. talking about barrel-chested. Uh, the one thing that Walter has over anybody else on this night is not only is he monstrously built, but he has the height that a lot of these guys don't have. So when Walter comes into the ring, he dwarfs Pete Dunne. I mean, he is so much bigger than Pete Dunne. Uh, and then when Joe Coffey decides to get involved, Walter uh, <laughs> rewards him with a big boot to the face and sends Coffey spilling to the floor for another time. <laughs> and... Uh, so we get the showdown with uh, that really spooky New World Symphony playing, uh, that haunting music, and Walter just seems to sort of be surveying who and what Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, is. And despite the uh, the, the size differential, Pete Dunne puts that belt in his mouth and you know raises his arms over his head. And gets right in Walter's face and says, "You know, basically, seems to say, uh, i 'I'm right here.' You know, I, I will not. You want this? I am right here. And uh, it's a really neat sort of uh, body language response from Walter. He nods approvingly and he kind of continues to look Pete Dunne up and down. And then he climbs out of the ring. He walks slowly up the uh, ring uh, ramp." And then he disappears into the back. And uh, so much for Walter on this night. But what? I mean, what's going to happen? I think a Walter-Pete Dunn program could be so damn good. Like, culminating in a WrestleMania match. Like, that's what needs to happen.
0: Well, I'm sure that it would be a fine match uh, on the pre-show of Wolf, uh, WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> not because hey, not I think it's where it goes. It's where Vince thinks it goes. Uh, Now, obviously, it's leading up to that. I mean, at the very least, Pete Dunne is out of opponents, so we're going to have to find some new ones because Pete Dunne's beaten them all at this rate.
1: Yeah, and uh, like I said, you're you're right. It'll probably... Where it'll probably end up, if if it doesn't happen sooner, um, we'll probably see it at the NXT TakeOver uh, the night or two nights before WrestleMania 35 in New York. But I think how cool would it be to see that WWE... United Kingdom Championship defended on WrestleMania because it is a WWE Championship. I know it's on an NXT brand, but it is a WWE title.
0: No, I I agree with that. I I totally understand. I just, I don't think it would get the respect it deserves. I I, I think on a WWE card, I think they should just kind of leave it and like, you know, 90% of the time it is defended in NXT UK territory so
1: I, I do not disagree I right, do right. not disagree that's it's a very astute comment on your part I am uh, I am inclined to agree
0: hey well there you are and that's why we got a podcast we agree on a lot of things but not everything did you agree on a lot of things but not everything are you going to sign up this is your last chance for the third annual the whole reference show Royal Rumble contest let us know A lot of ways you can do that. Find us on Twitter at RefnShowPodcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Uh, If you want to, send us a Gmail, the whole Show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com,
1: or you can see us on Instagram. Instagram is a great way of keeping in touch with us. We've uh, been talking to a lot of you on there lately. Despite the fact that we've actually probably been the least active on there uh, over the past few weeks as we have in a while, it is a great place to uh, to learn what we're all about and see what we see and what we're thinking about um, about wrestling from yesterday as well as today. So find us on Instagram at The Whole Refn Show.
0: That is it, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time... We're going to remain our groovy, docile selves. Uh, by the way, my name is Perry Smith.
1: And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley.
0: And we're going to see you next time on the only wrestling podcast called the right down the middle. The whole and show.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: He looks like a he looks like a he looks like a creative player on a wrestling video game, but like you've really messed up the proportions. <laughs> yeah, like you hit randomize.
1: Oh Dave, bomber Dave, I hope you're listening.
0: <laughs> no, but it works. Right. Obviously, obviously stuff like that really works in the world of wrestling, but you, you know oh what I'm trying to say.
1: God. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the quote of the year where you've really messed up the proportions where you've really messed up the proportions you've messed them up